0: Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is a four-time Emmy Award-winning TV host, entertainment reporter, podcaster, YouTuber, has traveled around the world reporting on such events like the Oscars, the Grammys, the Cannes Film Festival. He has interviewed A-listers like Oprah Winfrey, Tom Cruise, and Will Smith. Up next, Chris Van flat. Hey, welcome, Chris. So nice to meet you. See you in person and live living color
1: so good to meet you as well. So good to be hanging out with you. We should have done this in person. We live so close to each other.
0: Uh, well, we just figured that out. I did not yeah. know that, right? I mean, yeah, you could have come down here because your girlfriend lives down here. And you know what? We could have done this right here. Overlook. I was just telling you that I overlook a nature preserve. I'm on the back bay. And yeah, this would have been really awesome. But maybe our next interview, we'll
1: do it. All right. Round two will be round two. Person.
0: Right. Exactly. Done. So listen, I would, you know, uh, so just a little backstory on you. You've worked as a radio and TV host, um, living and working in Toronto, Vancouver, Cleveland, and Miami since 2005. You then have since then been in Los Angeles. You're a four time Emmy winner, um, TV host, entertainment, uh, reporter, podcaster, YouTuber. You've traveled the world, um, reporting on events like the Oscars, the Grammys, the Cannes Film Festival, You've interviewed the likes of John Senna, Hulk Hogan, a- Hollywood A-listers, Oprah, Tom Cruise, Will Smith, okay, a lot. You've done a lot. And I don't know what your age is, but you've done a lot. I mean, I can tell you What that. an
1: intro. Wow. Thank- can you just follow me around everywhere? This is great. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm getting pretty good at that, aren't I? Just like right off. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, that. but seriously, I mean, you know what? Sometimes you have to have that read back to you. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I mean, I sit there and I go, yeah, you know, I've done okay or whatever. And then sometimes I have to hear that back to me to go, wow, I've done more than I thought I did. And I think that was kind of your recognition right there, right? Yeah.
1: But it's also that you're, and I'm sure it's the same thing for you. You're just hungry for more, right? Like, no, that's all great, but that's all stuff that happened in the past. Yeah. I'm just like looking forward to like, all right, well, what's next?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of people look at that and go, that's enough for a lifetime, but you're, you're exactly like me. So because we are like that, that's why we don't get too caught up in what we've done because the hunger would dissipate. Right. Yeah. And right. We would just oh, I'm so fantastic. I've done all this. The <laughs> hunger would dissipate. So, um, just give us a backstory. I mean, you, you know, you're Canadian. You started in Canada, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I grew up uh, just outside of Toronto, in a town called oh. Pickering, Ontario.
0: Okay. And you got like, when did you get this idea that you wanted to be, uh, you know, a reporter, a broadcaster, a host? When when did you get that idea?
1: I think it really started when I was four years old and I had a Fisher-Price tape recorder, like an actual cassette tape recorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had a microphone attached to it. And I would pretend that I was the radio host that I heard on the radio. And my mom still has these tapes and you can hear me pretending to be a radio DJ or like a play-by-play announcer. And that's really where it began. And I just loved performing. I loved, I was in plays growing up. I was the vice president of my student council in high school. So I did the morning announcements. I would host the talent show and the fashion show. And I loved being able to be in front of an audience and number one, tell a story. And number two, evoke an emotion out of people. And that's exactly what broadcasting is. You're just doing that on a bigger scale. So we had a communication studies class in my high school and we got to do everything, every role in the newsroom. So you were writing the stories, you were reporting on the stories, you were the cameraman, VTR, audio, you did it all. And every time I got to be in front of that camera, I just felt so, so comfortable. So when it came time to pick a college major, I went, I liked communication studies. No you're brainer. 17 years old when you're picking your college major. So wow. I, I so said I a, want, you know, I want to give that a try.
0: So so Okay. Cause a lot of people like to be in front of the camera. I mean, they would choose acting, but you, did you ever go down that path or modeling or anything else? Was it always wanting to interview people?
1: I was so inspired by the TV host that I watched growing up. So like, of course, yeah. like Alex Trebek, but like, I was so, I loved the show blind date. Remember that with Roger? Oh, Lodge. Of course I do. Yes. And I remember wa- I would watch that show and the dates were ridiculous. Like if you go back and watch this show, ridiculous. But Roger Lodge was just such a great host. And same with Fear Factor. I loved Joe Rogan before he was the Joe Rogan that we now know and love. Joe Rogan was on Fear Factor? He was the host of Fear Factor.
0: Oh my God. I
1: Okay. And, and also there was a show, a terrible show on Spike TV back in the days called The Ultimate Revenge. And the show was not, not, it was not a good show, but I taped it all the time because the host was so engaging and he had this charisma that just leapt through the screen. And I would tape the show and I'd watch it back because I was so inspired by him. And this host's name was Ryan Seacrest. And the next year he went on and started hosting American Idol and, you know, the rest is history, but- Well,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute. Before that, Ryan uh, Seacrest was a um, radio host here in Orange County with, it was- Two other, there was a woman, him, and somebody else. Do you remember this? And I know
1: he was also a radio host in Atlanta in his hometown, and like he he just kept getting these great opportunities. He was also the host of the revamped version of American Gladiators.
0: Yeah, but this was way before then, and I remember my girlfriend had a crush on him and actually wrote a letter into the the radio station basically asking him out because you know at that point she pretty much had a chance with him I mean not that's now but, but that <laughs> well, is like, maybe yeah Jamie something and and okay anyways but that that's oh. that's interesting and you know what's interesting I've said this so many times before because a lot of people when I have them on my show it looks like they were an overnight success okay yeah, just yeah. because all of a sudden you're hearing about them now it's like I'm glad that you brought like Ryan up. I mean, how many years all of a sudden he exploded with American Idol and has gone on to do the Kardashians and all that. But it was like, how many years was that in the making? And then like, he never gave up because if he'd have given up, he, he wouldn't have ever saw the fruits of his labor. Yeah.
1: Right? And as you know, Tina, there's no, no such thing as an overnight success. Like it's always the 10 year, 15 year, 20 year overnight success.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to realize. That. <laughs> and you know what? If you would have told me that 10 years ago, I probably would have been like, "I'm out." But you know what? I, some things are better like you know, left unseen or, or unsaid. So for you, you know, when did things start to click for you? I mean, you you knew early on what your passion was. I mean, did you ever detour from your from from this? Did you ever say, "Forget this. I'm going to try something else"? We ever talked
1: out of it or? I I knew it was a long shot. Like if I'm being completely honest with you, Tina, I knew, especially growing up in Canada, there's not a lot of TV hosts there. Like there's news reporters, but there's not a lot of TV hosts there. So I went to college for communication studies and I had this epiphany. In my senior year, I had the best time at college, lived with four of my best friends, drank copious amounts of beer, lived the college life. And it just hit me one day in my senior year, I woke up and I realized I was gonna have to work for, you know, the rest of my life after graduation of school. And I went, I got to do whatever I can in these next seven months to stack my resume and stack the odds in my favor so that when I do graduate, I'll be that much more ahead of everybody else who's just graduated. So the next day, I reached out to every radio station in my college town, every TV station in my college town, and just said, I'm passionate about broadcasting. I'm a senior communication studies student at Wilfrid Laurier University, where I was going and didn't hear back from a lot of people. But I did hear back from a hip hop radio station that said, come be part of our street team. So I handed out like stickers at events. There was a radio or TV station there that was run by volunteers, like a community run television station. They said, come on in, we'll take all the help we can get. I ran cameras there. I was a floor director. I was an audio operator. And I was seeing how it was done in the real world. And then this news talk radio station said, well, we don't take on volunteers, but how would you like a job? And I went, I'll take it. I don't care what it pays. I'll take it. And I was a board operator there. So I was running the soundboard. And then when my shift was done, I would go into the recording studio and I would record demo reels, So I had something to show for it. Mm -hmm. So I was doing everything I could so that when I graduated, I could actually hopefully have a resume with a few things on it that maybe I could get a job from there. So that was kind of when I realized it.
0: Well, not only that, but, you know, you did something for you, you learned how all the operations worked. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I, down in the desert, I had three different local talk shows. Okay. And I didn't know anything about production or, you know, and
1: I lost, you know, my friend Sandy Newton. Why does she sound familiar? She's in the, she's in the desert as well. Sounds very familiar. Well, look her up after and you'll probably go, oh yeah, Sandy.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, by not knowing what I was doing and just hiring people, you know, and not knowing what the cost should be. I mean, I lost my ass financially and mm-hmm. I had to start all over again four years ago. I mean, like lost everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? I think it's just so important for people, you know, thank God that you learned how to do the soundboard. and You learned how to do all the different aspects. So when it comes your turn, you know what, pe- what people should charge and you're not taken advantage of and everything else. So. Um so so you so that was radio the first or was it TV the first? The
1: first paid job was, was radio. radio and it, it also gave me a great appreciation for what everybody does in every single role because mm-hmm. I think that as viewers we just see the person who's on TV and we don't realize everything else that goes into making that.
0: Oh yeah, it's the team behind you. Yes. I mean, you don't have the team behind you. I mean, you you know, there's you can't do it by yourself. Absolutely.
1: No, not at all. Yeah.
0: So tell us about four Emmy nom, Emmy Award winnings. Tell, what, what did you win the, the the Emmys for?
1: So if we fast forward a bunch of years, I was in Cleveland. I was working as an entertainment reporter for the CBS affiliate there. And coming from Canada, I, have a, I was obviously aware of what an Emmy was, but I didn't even know it was possible to enter them at any level. And I, I won for hosting Three times, and I won once for best sports story. And I'm a big wrestling fan, as you can tell by this custom wrestling belt behind me here. I'm a big wrestling fan, and I was so fortunate to tell the story of this wrestler in Cleveland. Who his name's Gregory Iron. He's the only wrestler in the world that wrestles despite being born with cerebral palsy. So wow! And I became great friends with Greg, <laughs> and his story is so incredibly inspiring. But was able to tell his story through the lens of a wrestling fan, but also through the lens of someone who's being insanely inspired by seeing what he does. So yeah, it's kind of the pinnacle in, uh, in our industry to win an Emmy. So to even be nominated was, oh my gosh, a huge, huge honor.
0: That's an amazing story. Why? Cause I noticed that cause I went to your YouTube channel and you're all about the wrestling. Like, I'm like, one two three like when did you get interested in wrestling did you do that yourself or what what got you i mean i've been
1: a wrestling fan most of my life really got into it in like 1998-99 during what they called the attitude era so this was stone cold steve austin the rock triple h well, man. they just did a commercial yeah yeah right and i wanted to be a pro wrestler you know <laughs> i actually oh, went you? to wrestling school for a few months and was training to be a pro wrestler but decided, you know what, I'll get my communication studies degree and, you know, wrestling will always be there if I wanted to. And now I'm really fortunate to be able to work in broadcasting and dip my toe into wrestling, you know, whenever I want. But in terms of the YouTube channel, I've been so fortunate to interview all kinds of different people, like actors and directors and comedians, all kinds of different celebrities. But early on in my career, being a huge wrestling fan, you're interviewing all these other celebrities, wrestling would come to town and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, here's my chance to interview a wrestler and get paid for it. So I would do one or two wrestling interviews when WWE would come to town. And I would just take that raw interview. Cause I was asking questions that I legitimately wanted to know the answer to as a fan, like, right? asking like in-depth fan questions that we weren't airing on TV. So I would take those raw interviews, put them on my YouTube channel and, the numbers just started going up like,
0: yeah, you have almost 300,000 followers.
1: Yeah. Subscri- subscribers to your YouTube. Yeah. Channel. I mean, it's, it's, I've been so fortunate to gain so, some traction on there.
0: So there's so many people like myself that are, are looking to do what you're doing. Okay. And when you say, you know, the wrestlers would come into town and I could, got to interview them and I got paid for it.
1: Who was paying you? This is when I was working for the TV station. So that's when
0: you were still working for the TV station. Yeah, and
1: I mean, I've been interviewing wrestlers since 2007 when I was working for MTV2 Canada in Vancouver. Wasn't that my? Wasn't that called Much Music or My Music? It was. Yeah, it was a. It was a. You're aware of Much Music? Wow. Yeah. I
0: lived in Vancouver for. Oh, isn't it a
1: great city?
0: It is a great city. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I would, I was interviewing them just as part of my day job and oh, I was right. the long version of those interviews, throwing them on my YouTube channel simply as like a digital library. Like, cause you know, the way that television works or at least worked was unless you were watching TV on that Tuesday, channel 19 at 4 17 PM, you'd never see it. So, right. and I was kind of thinking bigger than that. Like Someone outside of this city might really like this interview. So I'm going to take this, put it on my YouTube channel. And if you feel like watching it, great. If not, that's also great, but it's going to be there for you.
0: Wait. So how long ago did you create
1: your YouTube channel? Ten years ago.
0: So you were way ahead of the game.
1: And and again, I was not thinking as a YouTuber. I don't even really think that existed at the time. No, it didn't. I was just thinking like, here's a place I'll share some videos.
0: Wow. That, yeah. And that was very insightful of you too. So like now, are you contracted with a TV station now or are you just independent?
1: I'm independent now freelancing. I'm, I'm shooting a TV show that's going to be on AWE, which is the wealth channel coming up soon, but I'm doing my own thing in between the YouTube channel, the podcast, this other show I'm doing and freelance hosting busy okay, so, than ever it's amazing
0: yeah it's ex- exactly the world's your oyster so tell, can you uh, can you share with us what this, this this new show is before we start talking about your podcast
1: yeah sure it's called my dream purchase and the idea is you finally come into the money that you can buy the thing you've always wanted to buy so maybe it's a sailboat maybe it's a classic porsche maybe it's a private plane we did an right. episode with like super expensive wedding dresses so We walk you through three options, one, two, three, and we talk about the pros and cons of each one, and then you decide which one's going to be your dream purchase.
0: And so you're the host of that?
1: I'm the host of it, yeah.
0: Fantastic. When does that air?
1: This is a great question, and maybe I'm talking about it prematurely because we're still in the middle of shooting season one. But I would imagine in the new year on AWE, which is a wealth of entertainment, the Wealth Channel.
0: Okay, perfect. That's fantastic. Um, Now, I noticed that your podcast... Is 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 different. So tell us what your podcast is all about because I was kind of scrolling through there, and you've got a lot of different subjects, a lot of different personalities on there. So
1: tell tell us more about your podcast. Yeah, it's called Insight with Chris Van Vliet. Wherever you listen to this, you can find it. And my whole idea is people who are the best of the best got that way for a reason. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's not an overnight success. You don't just wake up one day and you're the best. So. I want to go through their journey. I want to reverse engineer how someone like, you know, a top athlete or could be a a top entrepreneur. I want to figure out how did they get to where they're at? Maybe they're at step 23. You're at step one. But if we can figure out what step 22, 21, 20, all the way back to where you are, it makes the journey seem that much more achievable.
0: Absolutely and I mean, that's per- that's a lot of what my show is about too. That's why I talk about the backstory and my next question to you would be like I'm sure along your journey, okay you had setbacks, you were defeated. I mean, I'm sure everything didn't run smoothly. I mean you you did right out of you know college you got your radio job but I'm sure there was a lot in between before you you achieved success. Can you share maybe a story where you felt like, this is never going to work out. I'm, mean, you know, I'm never going to get to where I want to go and and what you did to get yourself back up and in back in the game.
1: Sure. So after getting that radio job as a board operator, I'm still in school at the time. And I know that when I'm about to graduate, that job's going to come to an end because I'm not going to live in my college town anymore. And I knew I needed an internship to hopefully kind of bridge the gap between graduated student and hopefully gainfully enter, you know, employed, you know, now um, person entering the work- workforce. So I was applying for all these internships in broadcasting, and nobody was even writing me back. So we had spring break coming up, and I thought I'm going to do whatever I can to try to lock down an internship during this time. And I scoured the internet and found the email for the general manager for a small TV station that was 60 miles from my hometown. I emailed him and I said, I'm going to be in town next week for spring break. It'd be great if I could come into to you and talk about a possible internship. This was a total lie. I had no plan on being there. I hadn't been to that. Well, you've all like done that. Anymore. I'm going to be right. right
0: around the corner from you.
1: <laughs> he wrote me I back, back need and
0: to said- i train an automobile to get there, but- right."
1: he wrote me back and said, well, you know, if you're going to be in town, come on by. So I went by and he looked at my resume, which now had the experience that I told you about. And he said, we don't usually do this, but looks like you've, you know, really been uh, working hard here. So what the hell, we'll give you a shot. And that was the fact that I made myself available because if I just sat back and waited for it to happen, it was not going to happen at all. That internship had me driving an hour each way, living in my parents' house, driving an hour each way, five days a week, working my part-time job from high school in the fish department of a pet store so I could pay for the gas to drive to my internship. (laughs) And after two months of doing it, well, first of all, after two weeks of doing it, I was following around reporters. And when you're at a small station, they're doing it all, shooting, writing, editing, and being on camera. Right. So I was following them around, watching them do it. And two weeks in the assignment planner goes, here's your story for the day. And I said, yeah, 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 great. Like, who am I going out with? He goes, no, no, no. This is your story. You're going to be on the six o'clock news tonight, two weeks into my internship. And then my internship very quickly shifted from me following people around to me actually being a reporter every single shift. And that job or that ended up turning into a job, that internship turned into a, a job. And I think it was just the fact that if I didn't make this situation happen for myself, if I didn't go out of my way to create that, it never would have happened.
0: Well, not only that, I mean, you, you were hit. Like everything that you wanted was right in front of you. But you know, we always think we want something. And all of a sudden, here it's in front of you. It's your time. You're going on camera like whenever. And then all of a sudden, we freeze up. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. You know what I'm saying? And you know what my, my motto has been this last year is just say yes and figure it out later. (laughs) I love it. I, for so much of my life, I'd be like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to, I need another certificate. I need another, this, I need more time. And you know what that, you know, I really believe that the God in the universe is always working for you. And if, if it presents itself, I don't care if you're prepared or not you know, it believes that you are. So figure it out, just figure it out. And so you, you yes. did, you did you just, you grabbed it. I mean, while we're talking about that, what, what, what kind of belief system do you have? Do you, or do you believe in God, the universe? I and mean, what kind of belief system do you have? that you I will,
1: Yeah. I'll say it starts with gratitude. I I'm a huge believer in gratitude. I have it right behind me here. Be great. Be grateful. And I think that if you can be grateful, you'll live a great life. But I'm, I so want to echo what you're saying. I don't think that the universe puts you in a situation that you're not prepared for. And the reality is you're never going to be 100% perfectly ready for a situation. You're just going to have to figure it out as you go. So while you say like, say yes and figure it out later, recently I've been saying like, what the F are you waiting for? Like if there's something that you want to do If you want to do it and you're not doing it, the only thing standing between you and doing it is the excuses that you're telling yourself.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this gets in the way, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's funny because I recently started taking up tennis. I was born with a tennis racket in my hand. I mean, my, my listeners that listen religiously have heard this story so many times. My father just Pressed me so much to be a number one player because I was being I had two coaches. One of them was Chrissy Everett's coach, and she he's like, she could be a number one player, wow. right? It ruined my taste for tennis to say the least, because there was so much pressure on me and everything mm-hmm. else. And you know, it's interesting. So I'm I'm getting out there. My brother and I live in the same uh community. So we have tennis courts here, and he's like, just have fun. And you know, he says, Tina, you know stop thinking so much your body knows what to do mm-hmm. it's kind of the same concept you see what i'm saying you know you have within you if you have this burning desire to do something and you've been doing the planning and you've been doing the action and the footwork when it comes to showtime you you do know what to do you just break out of that and kind of just allow yourself to be and take advantage of the situation. And I think that's where most of us freeze up. I mean, even like people, I, mean, I remember when I got pregnant, I'm when I found out how I, was, I, I got pregnant, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't think this was going to happen for like five <laughs> months. I'm not ready yet, you know? But I think that's just so important for people just to like step into the fear and go, you know what, It wouldn't it wouldn't present itself to me if I wasn't ready, so.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people look at the accomplishments of other people and go, yeah, but they're special or they can do that, but I can't. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to say, well, if somebody else is doing the thing that you want to do, that just means that you can too. Now there's a path to get there.
0: Exactly. And you know, a lot of people think there's not enough room at the top. Like, and you know, that comparison game, you know, whether you're on, you know, especially on social media, so many people, and I've gone there too. So many people are trying to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Why me? Why? You know what? Because I'm me. That's why. Because yeah. there's no other Tina Marks out there. There's nobody that interviews like me. You know, there's nobody that has my humor, my personality, whatever Absolutely. it is, my anima- animation. And so you got to keep going. So anybody that's like comparing this to other people too. Please remember you are unique. There's out of 7 billion people in the world. There's only one like you. Yeah. Unless you have a twin. Um, okay. Then there's
1: still, but there's still, they just kind of look like you, but they're not
0: They kind of look and they're, they're complete. They could be completely opposites, Right. right? They just look like each other. Right. Exactly. So like, do you have, do you have any kind of morning routine, Chris, that like, if let's say those days that you wake up and you're not feeling so inspired or you're not feeling so motivated, I mean, do you have something that you do religiously consistently to make sure that you stay in motion and you're pushing yourself forward all the time and stay inspired?
1: For me, it's just a lot of little things. So my morning routine begins the night before. I, I have a get to do list, not a, these are not the things I have to do. These are the things I get to do the next I day.
0: I love that. I love that. Yes, makes all And the I write them work. out
1: it, it, as small and as insignificant as they may seem. Like it could be something as simple as like, you know, I got to empty the dishes tomorrow or whatever. But it, it may, there's a real sense of accomplishment at the end of the day, when you've crossed off 19 things on your list and you're about to go to bed and you go, my God, like what a day. Look at that's this.
0: that's exactly it because you know what, if you don't do that because most people are like they feel like they're always behind the eight ball like I didn't do enough I didn't do enough mm-hmm. but when you st- you know when I have my clients start time blocking I said you're gonna realize one of two things you're either gonna go heck I did a lot more than I thought or I'm not doing that much I better get on it right? Yeah,
1: and time. they also realize, I'm sure how much time they waste every day.
0: Right. It, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. it's like, you're not, if it's either one or the other, you're either like, yeah. man, I'm a badass and I'm doing more than I thought, or wow, I'm scrolling too much on Instagram and I'm talking on the phone or I'm complaining or whatever it is. So yeah. it's really, really important. And I love, and I, I have them do it the night before too, because not only you go to bed, you probably have a great night's sleep. And then also to the get to list. And if, 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 you, if whoever's listening, what that means is every time we say, you know, I have to do this today. What is that? I mean, if you just say that the energy that goes through your body,
1: it's like, Yeah, language is so important.
0: It is the shift in, in perspective. When you say Mm -hmm. I get to, like, I actually get to do this stuff. I mean, your energy lightens. So, you know, doing it the night before is so important, especially Chris, the next morning, let's say you have that kind of morning. You're like, I really don't want to do anything today, but you've got that list in. For, it's already in yeah. front of you, so you don't have to create right. it, right? It's already there, calling at you, so it makes it a lot easier. So I love that. I love. Yeah, it. I'll
1: say my day does not start with hitting the snooze. That's a really big thing that I've I've taught myself. Where it's like, if if the, if I'm waking up at six thirty, I'm waking up at six 30. So do you like
0: put? Your, why? Tell me why you don't do the snooze? Because I do it sometimes.
1: What are, what are nine extra minutes like going to, going to help? Like nine extra minutes of sleep are not going to help. And now if I did snooze or if it didn't snooze now, I'm nine minutes ahead of where I could have been.
0: Right. Okay. But for me, you know what? I'm very anxious. I mean, I've got. So far I know I have three types of ADD and um, I'm trying to get to Dr. Amon's there's seven different types. And what's really been eye opening for me this week is, I keep taking the tests or 70 questions. I take it. I'm not getting, it keeps going processing. So I take it again, but it's interesting. Like I believe everything happens for a reason. There's a reason I had to take it twice. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I have, I'm very anxious because of it. Like, and especially if you've been through a lot of trauma and I moved out of my house. So there was a lot of trauma there in the last couple of weeks. So like I wake up and I'm kind of like fight or flight, you know what I mean? So for me, Especially in a time like this, it's it kind of relaxes me going, you've got nine minutes. And I know I'm getting up, but it's not like, because, you know, that's one of the things, it, the, one of the questions is, do you feel like you're on like a motor all the time?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's,
0: yeah, if, if you have it, it's not fun. So I'm, I'm looking for alternative <laughs> methods to... To do that but anyway I do what, and
1: i do whatever i can to wait as long as i can before looking at my phone so oh yes
0: exactly yeah exactly well that's what I, I do and then
1: it's like right off to the gym usually that's that's my i don't i'm not a coffee drinker but the the gym is my energy like the gym that juices me up
0: yeah me too. I mean that's one of my you know i do the journaling I do affirmations I do gratitude yeah um I do meditation, I do visualization, yes, and and, and so you you never drank coffee or did
1: you just I have i don't know I just didn't love the flavor, and i don 't feel like I'm that sensitive to caffeine, so i'm just like. And it's also my mom is like addicted to coffee. I, I love my mom, but she drinks like four cups a day. And I never wanted to be one of those people who had to rely on a chemical to feel a certain way.
0: I agree, and I, you know, stopped drinking coffee a couple months ago, and I've started drinking cacao bliss. You should Google it; it's amazing. It's a superfood. tastes like hot chocolate. You should get your mom on it, and it does have mm. natural caffeine because you know raw cacao yeah. is not only an um, a- antioxidant. Uh, but it also is a little bit of caffeine, but it's good caffeine. So I'll give you that information. Please.
1: Okay. I love
0: it on that. Okay. Um, So listen, is there anything that I have not, we've talked about your podcast. What's next for you?
1: I think that for me, it's, it's about like looking at what's next tomorrow. Like that's every single day for me. I love being able to, and I, I've been trying to be conscious of this, especially you know during the pandemic i heard someone refer to it recently as the great pause because before the pandemic we were all go 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 all the time and it forced all of us to stop in our tracks and kind of look around at like who's important and what's important
0: absolutely yeah, kind I, of
1: carried I, that through to now of like yeah sure i have things to do next week and next month and next year but what do i have tomorrow like what's what's what do I have tomorrow? What's right in front of me, and how can I focus on that and make the best of that situation?
0: In the present, and not even tomorrow, just like right now. That is yeah. probably one of my biggest struggles, and 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 I'm now I'm now attributing that to ADD. <laughs> That's not my fault, but seriously, because I can be in the next week already, not even in tomorrow. I can, you know, I've got to stop and and what you said is so true. And I really took the time when, during this pandemic was to analyze. I did make changes with friends and, and moving and all I did take advantage because you know what, there's no time like the present, especially what's going on in this world right now. So, I mean, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I think that's, that's phenomenal. So three takeaways for our guests. I mean, anybody that wants to do what you want to do, anybody that, you know, any kind of any takeaways that you want to leave with our guests.
1: I will say gratitude is so important. And I think it's so important to focus on what you have rather than focusing on what you don't have. And I think that so many people do the reverse. I think they're always like, I want this. I want this. Focus on what you have. And if you focus on what you have, you'll get more of what you have.
0: Absolutely. Law of attraction.
1: And I think for my story, it's put yourself in the room, make yourself available. Like, In the broadcasting world, those jobs weren't waiting for me. I had to go out of my way to create those positions, put myself in the room. So whatever industry that you're in, make yourself available. And I think that that's such an important thing to do.
0: Chris, what would you say to somebody if they said, you know, I want it so bad, Chris, but it's in front of me and I have the opportunity but I'm so scared. I'm scared I'm going to feel, I'm scared I'm going to look like an idiot, you know, because that happens all the time you know, the opportunities, like we were talking about presents itself. Is there some kind of tools or some kind of mind hack or whatever that you, that you maybe used when you were faced with something like that?
1: I've often tried to find someone who's doing that thing already. And maybe I can pick their brain. Maybe I Mm -hmm. could send them a message or an email, or maybe have a quick phone call with them and have them hopefully like walk me through, like, what's the first step here? But then the most important thing is you have to start because if you don't start today and you don't start tomorrow, you don't start next week. When are you going to
0: start? Yeah, exactly. Like it it would be, it'd be a year, another year. So that's great. I love that. I think everybody should have a mentor and you know what, don't be afraid to reach out to people. I mean, Instagram is a great way to do that. Just DM somebody, you know, what? if they don't answer DM somebody again, but you know, what? I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be, um, Very surprised how many people are are willing to help. And I I will
1: say with that, make sure to lead with value because it's so easy to reach out to somebody and say, here's what I
0: I want. Yes. Exactly. I say that. Be the pitcher, don't be the catcher. Always bring something first before you ask for something, right? Bring something of value, right? Because nobody likes to feel used absolutely
1: yeah. and that would lead into the third takeaway is just bring value in everything that you do in every relationship that you have whether that's a personal relationship or it's a professional relationship bring value to the situation so give instead of be instead of focusing on taking all the time
0: absolutely and and you know we think we have it backwards i need to get first before i give i need to yes. see it first before i have faith and it's mm-hmm. it, we've been we've been conditioned exactly the opposite. I'm so glad that you brought that up. So tell us where we can find your podcast. Tell us the name again, which platforms we can find it on. And also the name of your YouTube channel and where we can find that.
1: Well, so you can find, you can find my podcast wherever you're listening to this on okay. any platform for podcasting insight with Chris Van Fleet. And then on social media and on YouTube, it's just my name, Chris Van V a n V l i e t
0: V l i e t. You guys, yeah. Because I was wondering how you pronounce it. Well, I
1: know it looks it looks like it should be pronounced differently.
0: It, it's really cool name. I really like it. I was I was I, like, I just
1: wished it was you know easier to pronounce like yours, Mark's, so easy.
0: Yeah, it's easy. Tina <laughs> you know marks four letters each, but um, <laughs> such a pleasure having you on. Uh, really, Chris. Oh, I'm so, so und- glad we were able to connect. Me too. Me too. So, uh, everybody, you have Chris's information. I highly suggest you listen to his podcast and watch his YouTube. He's fantastic. And the new show. And when, when you get that information of when it's going to air, let me know. And I'll let every, all my audience know when that's going to air.
1: That'd be amazing. Tina, you are a rock star. Thank you so much for this time. I, I really appreciate you having me on.
0: And I appreciate you. So, everybody, thank you for joining us again this week. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, it's Tina Marks TV. And of course, if you have not downloaded my podcast, please do so. And if you feel inclined, please leave a review, a review. and we will see you all next week.